If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals, an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a pool-cleaning pervert who was jailed for sexting after harassing multiple women with dick pics and jizz videos... A man who sued Michael Jordan because he claimed he bore a striking resemblance to the basketball great and it had ruined his life, and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. Today's feature case is about a delightful gentleman named Peter Lewis Sheether. Back in 2014, he received the dubious honour of being the first person in Australia to be jailed for sexting but it certainly wasn't his first stint in the pokey. During his 2014 trial, the court was told he'd recorded 109 separate offences against his name since 1989, and that number sure as hell hasn't gone down since then. His genre of offending was stalking, intimidation and assault, and unsurprisingly, it still is. Sheether was also jailed for 18 months in 2002 for over a 100 counts of menacing women and girls. He harassed them with obscene phone calls where he would ask them sexually explicit questions and threaten them to keep them on the phone with him. He made literally thousands of calls from a prepaid mobile over a six-week period, even though he'd only been released from jail seven months earlier for similar offences. In 2014, he was at it again, but this time with an aquatic twist. 42-year-old Sheether was working as a swimming pool cleaner for a couple of pool maintenance companies in Sydney. He used the client files of the businesses he worked for to obtain mobile numbers and personal details about female pool owners. Then he let his sausage fingers do the stalking on an iPhone 5 he had under a false name. His MO was to send sexually explicit messages, pictures and videos to the women in a really repetitive way. The explicit pictures and videos he sent them were not even of his own tackle. No, no, no. He used stunt dicks. According to the Daily Mail, on March 4th, 2014, he sent a text to a woman named Sheila at 12.29pm saying, Hey you, did you get my photo this morning? He sent another text to Sheila on March 14th at 7.12pm, which said in part, I'd love to fuck you in your pool, Sheila. Gee, that Sheila must be made of ice. I mean, how could she resist such pickup artistry? 
Next, he turned his sweaty lack of charm on a woman named Brittany. On March 7th at 7.03am, he texted her a picture of a male from the neck down, standing naked with a semi-erect penis. Like you do. The message read, Shower time. Wanna join me, honey? But Honey did not want to join him or the guy in the picture and she ignored his pathetic attempt at getting her attention. So at 1.05pm on the same day, he texted the same picture and message to a woman named Christina. They say if at first you don't succeed, try and try again, but in this case, that doesn't apply. I'm a bit confused about what he is actually trying to accomplish. As I mentioned, he uses stunt dicks in the pictures and videos. I don't know if the stunt guys he uses are in better or worse shape than Sheetha, but I figure if these pictures are to be used as bait, the picture guy probably looks better, right? So, if he somehow magically happened upon a woman who was into the idea of banging some rando, would he rock up with his not-so-fit physique and try to pass himself off as the guys in the pictures? Or was he using pictures of less attractive men, or possibly manatees, in the hope a woman agrees to an encounter, and then he rocks up looking better than the pictures or videos? That's not usually how things like this go, is it? Which begs the question, what is he actually trying to achieve? You know, I've thought about this, and I don't think he's even trying to get laid. I reckon that he just gets off on trying to make women feel threatened and violated. He's got that tiny dick energy, that's for sure. March 14th was a busy day for Sheetha. At 10.32am, he messaged a woman called Margaret, saying in part, I'd love to fuck you in your pool, Maggie. At 11.56am, he texted poor Christina again, saying, Hey, sexy Christina, how's your week, honey? That night, he texted a woman named Nicole, saying in part, I'd love to fuck you in your pool, Nicole. On the morning of March 19th, he texted a woman called Elizabeth, saying, Hey, sexy Liz, how's you? And she actually replied to him, Oh my God, miracles can happen. She said, Fine, how are you and who are you? After a few hours of her trying to figure out who he was, he asked if sending her a picture would help. Clearly, this was not Elizabeth's first rodeo. She replied, yep, as long as it ain't intimate. He said, meaning not of my cock. And she said, yeah, you'd probably need a zoom lens anyway. To wit, he responded, like you, big tits. It doesn't make any sense. Is he saying that her tits are that big you wouldn't need a zoom? I guess that's what he's saying. Like you, big tits. So she told him to fuck off. He summoned the energy of the great romantic poets of the 20th century when he replied, Oh, don't be like that, Liz. Let me come over to your place and fuck you in your pool. You could say he's a little bit obsessed with fucking people in their pools, couldn't you? (sighs) That evening, she the texted a different woman named Nicole, and he went with a bit more of a fake, friendly approach, saying, 
Hey, sexy gal. How's your week been? Did you work today or lazed at home? Nicole did not answer. So, around seven hours later at 1.47am, Sheetha sent her a 15-second long video, which police say depicted an erect penis being masturbated and ejaculating, with a message that said, Nikki McSticky? Get it? Because her name is Nicole and, like, sperm's a bit sticky. And, like, if his sperm was on her, she'd be Nikki McSticky. Yeah, it's... it's (laughs) Nikki McSticky. It's not good. It is not good. What a fuckhead. Oh, God. At 5.30pm on April 10th, he decided to bother a woman called Catherine. He sent her a text saying, and you'll you'll never guess the contents of the text. I mean, it's really coming out of left field. Uh, It said, I'd love to take you downstairs and fuck your brains out in your pool while you look out over the harbour. Actually, that was pretty artistic for him. (laughs) And she messaged back, really? Amazing. That's so kind and generous of you. Come right on over. No, she didn't. She did not. These explicit texts freaked out the victims due to their overtly sexual nature and the fact that this creep knew the victims' names and that they had swimming pools which could not be seen from the street. Like, it would make you paranoid wondering who the person messaging you was and why he was sending you pictures of hotter guys' dicks. In November 2012, a woman named Deborah had the misfortune of meeting Shayther on every catfish's favourite dating site, Plenty of Fish. He told her his name was Rick Smythe. They chatted a bit for a month, but then he sent her a picture of a random dick ejaculating from his vast collection of pictures of other dudes' dicks, and she eye-rolled her way out of there. He contacted her again in January 2013, but she refused to meet up with him for some reason. At 7pm on March 11th, 2014, he texted her one of every fuckboy's top five favourite greetings. Hello, stranger. When she ignored it, he messaged her again saying, Want you so bad, Deb? Accompanied by a video she refused to watch, but I'm sure we can all agree that it was of a dude jerking off and jizzing. She responded by saying, taking my phone straight to the police station. Feeling super invincible hiding behind his fake phone account and library of random dudes ejaculation videos, he said, you do that. Deborah asked him, what is your problem? Don't you ever contact me again, you disgusting pig. Then she called the police. Officers viewed the video he sent and confirmed that it did indeed consist of a hand masturbating an erect penis and the penis ejaculating. Because it's just endlessly fascinating, isn't it? God, get enough! Never a dull moment! His predictability just makes this so much stupider and more irritating. This guy puts the dick in predictable, and it's not even his dick. The cops phoned the number Sheetha sent the messages from and asked him for his name and date of birth. When he refused, they told him that they'd find out who he was another way. With his tiny dick energy in full effect, he said, We'll fucking do it! and hung up on them. (laughs) 
such a tough guy. <sighs> Sexy. On April 23rd, the police stopped Sheeta in Sydney's eastern suburbs and asked if he owned an iPhone 5. He told them that he did not and never had. The next day, cops searched his apartment and found an iPhone 5 charger in the bedroom and a receipt from the shop that he'd bought it from. Sheeta continued to deny he had an iPhone 5. However, after being taken into North Sydney Police Station for questioning, he cracked and made a full and frank admission to all offences. He confessed to the cops that the pictures and videos in his vast dick pic library were not of himself and they were just of random dudes he'd found online. He also told them that he had been using an iPhone 5 to harass the women but had smashed it with a hammer and thrown it into a roadside bin when he felt the cops closing in on him. He chucked the SIM card out his car window while driving through Bellevue Hill. In court, Sheetha pleaded guilty to nine counts of using a carriage service to menace, harass or offend. Judge Prowse said Sheetha had a hideous record of offending and had little prospect of rehabilitation. The court heard that Sheetha had sought treatment for depression and had a disadvantaged childhood. Judge Prowse responded by pointing out that depression does not equal depravity. Prowse jailed Sheetha for a maximum of three years, saying, If you had to look up the word depraved, you would find an entry, Peter Sheetha. Sheetha later appealed his sentence and had 16 months cut off it. Apparently, he'd been accidentally handed down a total jail term, which was more than what was available to the local court, which is a bummer. Before being resentenced, Sheetha's lawyer tried to argue that he was subjected to snide remarks from people on the street who recognised him from news reports, and that had served as a form of punishment. <laughs> nice try. The, oh no, my client has copped a bit of shit about what he did from someone on the street, so now he's suffered enough, set him free, defence. Fuck off. Fortunately, Judge King did not go for that. No can do. He said, The community is entitled to know the appalling behaviour of Mr. Sheeta and entitled, if they should remember it, to be able to recognise him. Last year, Sheeta was up to his old tricks. Police arrested the 49-year-old in Wagga and charged him with an alleged assault on a woman and another alleged assault occasioning actual bodily harm on a male. There aren't any more details available, but how much you want to bet that a mobile phone and possibly some stump dicks were involved. Oh, I'd love to fuck you both in your pool. 5970 at Southbound Harbour Freeway at 2nd Street. Air 60, correction, Air 12 is broadcasting. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
In July 2006, Alan Heckard of Portland, Oregon, filed a lawsuit a CBS News article suggested was so outrageous that it actually gives frivolous lawsuits a bad name. Heckard sued Michael Jordan and Nike founder Phil Knight because he claimed that he was sick of people thinking that he looked like Michael Jordan. He went so far as to alleging that Nike had ruined his life by making Michael Jordan so famous. According to LoweringTheBar.net, Heckard claimed that Jordan and Knight were liable to the tune of $832 million. He alleged that Michael Jordan's high-profile lifestyle, with the contribution of Philip Knight's help, has infected an injury upon his lifestyle that, according to every reasonable probability, will continue throughout the remainder of his life. He said that continual public harassment because of the alleged resemblance has troubled Heckard's nerves and denied him peace of mind for at least 15 years, caused him trouble at work, and inflicted emotional distress. Although Heckard is African-American, shaves his head, wears an earring in his left ear, and likes to wear Air Jordans, Heckard is hardly a dead ringer for Michael Jordan. He's eight years older, 30 pounds lighter, and six inches shorter. Heckard reasoned that because Jordan was eight years younger than him, he was the one who had copied his look. But he didn't enlighten us about how Michael Jordan was copying the wearing of Air Jordans from him. (laughs) What the fuck? When asked how he arrived at the ridiculously high sum of $832 million, Heckard responded... And I quote, Well, you figure with my age and you multiply that by seven and uh, then I turn around and uh, I figure that's what it all boils down to. (laughs) Gee, thanks for clearing that up for us. Now, assuming that anyone actually ever does mistake him for Michael Jordan, what exactly is Heckard's problem with that? Well, he said, I want to be recognised as me, just like Michael's recognised as Michael. (laughs) Well, you might want to get really super good at something in the public eye then, dude. Later in 2006, Heckard dismissed the complaint, but he didn't tell us why, which is a shame because I really enjoy his jumbled logic. A Nike spokesperson said that he hadn't been paid any money to drop the lawsuit. They figured that he finally realised he'd end up paying our court costs if the lawsuit went to trial. You see, what Heckard's lawsuit did do was just link him even more closely to Michael Jordan in a way that will in fact continue throughout the remainder of his life. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In October 2015, a 35-year-old woman named Nikki Abrell went into a Subway restaurant in Anchorage and headed straight into the toilets. It must have been nice in there, as she didn't emerge for two hours. When she came out, she was butt-naked. For reasons unknown, or possibly because she was high on spice, she decided to go completely apeshit. Sergeant Sean Henry told the media, People described her as a little crazy. She disrobed, went fully nude, and kind of just went nuts. 
started breaking furniture, destroyed the store, knocked over computers, ripped the ceiling down, sprayed a fire extinguisher all over, locked herself in the bathroom for a while more, and broke just about everything you could find. A witness named Tina said she was picking up a sandwich when she saw Nikki in action. Tina told the press, Oh, I thought there was a fire in the restaurant because it looked smoky in there, but it turns out she'd just set off a fire extinguisher inside. I really didn't want to get anywhere near her. She was smearing feces all over stuff. The police arrested Nikki, but not without a fight, which would have been super awkward considering all the nudity and poo that the situation entailed. They charged her with third-degree criminal mischief, harassment and resisting arrest. On Christmas Eve in 2018, a 43-year-old man attempted to catch a flight to Israel from Germany. His presence raised the suspicion of airport security workers when they noticed something in his pants that did not belong there. When confronted by security about his wriggling pants situation, the man pulled a cloth bag from the waistband of his trousers that contained a live 40-centimetre-long boa constrictor. The is-that-a-boa-constrictor-in-your-pants-or-are-you-just-happy-to-see-me jokes write themselves, don't they? As the man did not have the necessary documents to show he had permission to travel with his trouser snake, he was issued with a fine and the boa constrictor was taken to a reptile rescue centre. Criminal masterminds Peter Welsh and Dwayne Doolan tried to break into Wright's Jewelers in Bow Desert near Brisbane by throwing spark plugs at the shop window. When this foolproof plan somehow failed, they kicked in the back door. Unfortunately, it turned out not to be the back door of the jewellers, and instead the guys found themselves among racks of used clothes in a charity shop. It wasn't a total loss, as they made off with around $50 in change from the donation box. Refusing to be deterred by pesky logistics, the pair came up with a genius plan. They'd tunnel into the jewellery store from an adjoining public toilet on New Year's Eve. They spent hours in the toilet gouging out the cubicle wall with a crowbar, but once they finally broke through, instead of being surrounded by diamonds in the jewellers, they ended up in a KFC stockroom. Hell-bent on stealing something for their trouble, they robbed the stunned KFC staff and made off with $2,600. The police were easily able to track the thieves to Welsh's house and arrested them for armed robbery, burglary and attempted burglary. (laughs) This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to ad-free episodes and monthly bonus episodes, and the higher levels get a variety of merchandise as well. Thanks to Danny and Kirsten for upping their pledges. It really helps me keep things going, so thank you so much. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. 
Stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo for my friend CK's imaginative podcast about Alcatraz called Infernal Souls and Eternal Assholes. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Alcatraz opened in 1934. I arrived in 1935. And I'm still here. I'm Charlie the Bagman Baglin. And I'm dead. Tune in every fortnight to hear about some of the nastiest inmates The Rock has had. Learn about Alcatraz, about me and the fun I have with ghost hunters. I'm behind I'm you, Baggins. Bag Episode 1 is about Al Capone, the banjo playing, tax dodging numpty. Join me, Charlie, from the 6th of October on Infernal Souls and Eternal Arseholes. Available on ACAST, Spotify, and most other podcast players. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.